1: This show is an encore presentation of the Faith Middleton Fooch Hope you enjoy this second helping. All from my city, all from my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. We're in our culinary studio, as you probably know, at the Big G, Gateway Community College in downtown New Haven. Five professional giant kitchens and all their equipment at our disposal because of Big G's culinary education program, and we have a television studio. Here's a fun show ahead. I challenged Alex Province, who's in our Phoenix, Arizona, sister station, public radio KJZZ, to use Southwest flavors. And we can get them here to create a paella. And he has done it. Alex, I can't wait to talk to you about this. Uh We taste test locally made, plant-based vegan, in other words, cheeses and meats, Italian style, to see what they're like. And grilling tips, plus a cookbook, terrific recipes from the Food 52 book called Any Night Grilling. In other words, the easy way. My treasured food buddies are here, senior contributors Chris Prosperi and Alex Province. And we have our special guests from Three Girls Vegan Creamery in Guilford, Connecticut, Tracy Alexander, Brittany Guerra, and Taylor Costin. Hey, everybody. Hey, family. Oh, this is a good crowd. Okay, (laughs) I can't wait to do this. You know how we like to celebrate all of our colleagues in the food world, Mm -hmm. whether they're in print or on air or blogs? We love when we find something. And so this is one of those occasions. This time it is from... Cook's Illustrated to cut watermelon that is so ingenious because you end up with a square of watermelon on a stick that is, you know, (laughs) where the the rind part, you can hold it in your hands. It's it's the most amazing thing. So here's what happens. You take a, one of those round hole watermelons at the supermarket, right, everybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you cut yep. it completely in half. Wow. Easy. And then you put the two halves flesh side down on your cutting board. Boom. They go. Nice and solid. Yeah. And so, Chris, I'm going to ask you to help me because you're an engineer. Yeah.
2: And, I can see, and I can see it from here. So what are we going to say? So
1: we cut across the top going left to right. Yep,
2: straight down
1: straight down all
2: the way through it your first cuts making slices
1: Yes, and then you go. Uh, an, and what would an you say? There a half an, an inch, inch away. An inch. Okay, so then an you make slice. Another, slice yep. the uh-huh. another slice all the way down. Another slice all the way down. Yeah. Then you want to switch directions. Yes. Not across, of course, <laughs> but you want to go the other direction yep. instead of left to right. Now you want to go back to front. Same yep. thing. One inch. Yeah. So your You're, whole thing has been cut into one inch by one inch sticks.
2: Yeah, but they look like squares yeah. from the top, right? And then you just you just
1: pull out, out a up. stick. <laughs> And That's you were holding a cool. watermelon oh, stick awesome. so cool. cool.
2: it. Yeah, it's like so a, a – yeah.
0: A watermelon, watermelon popsicle. popsicle.
1: It is like a watermelon popsicle. It's not frozen, but that exactly. beautiful yeah. hold from the
2: Pass refrigerator. Pass them around, right?
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: coming up in our next couple segments, we're going to have something on grilling. Any night grilling, remember I just mentioned that. And one of the th- other things that Cook's Illustrated did was to tell you – All the mistakes to avoid. And that means what I do, what all of (laughs) you might do. And so I wanted to also credit them Mm -hmm. and also tell you a couple of things that they mentioned so that when you're grilling at home, I don't care whether it's a gas grill or a charcoal grill. These are the mistakes we make. Uh, Chris, do you know of one mistake that you make when you're grilling?
2: Oh, yeah. Always uh, I walk away I see things and then I got to go away and I come back and I get distracted. Shiny things. Shiny things. Thank you. My ADHD. (laughs) Thank you, Alex. (laughs) And I walk away and I leave the top down. And I mean you want a hot grill, but I can forget it. And then I go, yeah, I'm going to go get my steaks or whatever and put on the grill. And I open it up and the heat comes out. And I put stuff right on and it just flames right up because the grill was like 850 degrees. I can can.
3: (laughs) –
1: Can outdo you (laughs) with because my thing is with. Uh, I know I've said on the show before that I've burned about maybe $25,000 worth of
0: nuts.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I realized after about $5,000 worth that I said, Faith, you can't do what Chris does and walk away and read the paper while they're cooking. You can't do that. You must stare at them
0: yes. <laughs> <Good idea. laughs> I
1: stare at them and I say wouldn't it be interesting I start thinking wouldn't it be interesting if someone invented a way to protect bulbs that go into the ground when you're planting your garden, I mean, honestly, and I'm <laughs> off and running. Honestly, where, how would the production go on something like that? Meanwhile, yeah, I s- smell,
2: smell burning totally nuts. Flames! <laughs>
1: Flames! So, yeah. coming. All right. So way. we're in the same boat. Okay.
2: All right.
4: So
1: here's here's what happens with grilling. And Alex, I want to know if you have a mistake that you make. So let's say you've got a charcoal grill. They say don't use lighter fluid. Use one of those chimneys where you Much put easier. newspaper in it. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. tastes better because the lighter yeah. fluid can taste weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay, yeah. So everybody- or I have
2: the perfect grill. They make them now where they're gas assists. So I take my charcoal, put it down on it, I hit a button, the gas lights oh, up, wow. it gets the oh, charcoal crazy. going, and then you turn the gas <sighs> off. That's
1: so really no really chimney cool. necessary. No with chimney. chimney. It's You're Weber ready. makes one. I love
2: it's that. The, yeah. It's yeah. the okay. best grill.
1: Okay, then when you've got the chimney, they say, too much paper. People are putting in too much paper, which right. I do. It's ridiculous. It takes about 15 I love 15 the smoke.
0: <laughs> so much smoke. You do, Alec. That's how you smoke things. He just holds,
1: yeah. he holds the meat the over, neighbors. The, over the starter. Yeah. Um, okay, mm. here's a mistake that I make. They say that many of us, if you're doing one of those chimney starters – we pour the charcoal into the grill itself before it is fully as hot as it can get in yeah, the starter. Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be ash white all the way up to the top, not just in the two thirds in the yeah. middle. Yeah, yeah. I do make that mistake. So they said, "Oh no, no! Best yeah. practice is you want the top layer at least partially covered with ash." Right. So that's good to know. Oh, I didn't know. know that. Oh, gas grill. I usually use charcoal and another grill that's like a flat grill. But I'm about to start using a different gas grill And I know I would make this mistake They said you lift the top up Too many times to check oh, yeah, on
2: yeah, things yeah, Let the heat, let I, yeah, the heat out yeah. I'm guilty Let's, You need a window uh, <laughs> and a light grill makers yeah. of the world No, like in yeah. your oven that's, You need a little window in the front And then a little light switch So you can turn it on and off so you can see in there That's not a bad idea. That, that a would right solve idea. all or, the problems Or an
1: electric shock <laughs> machine <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Okay, here we go um,
1: Alex, one thing that is Uh, preheat time. So if you're using charcoal, you really only need about five minutes once it's ashy looking, because that is screaming hot. With a gas grill, it takes, with the lid down, 15 minutes. But you can go and prepare something, as you see when we get to Easy Night Grilling, the book that's coming up. So I thought those were great tips. Here's a great way to do grilled tomatoes. Alex, I don't know about you, but I usually fry them. Uh I go inside and I fry them because I get afraid that the seeds and the juice is going to fall all over. So they said, no, the trick is cutting the tomato, not top to bottom in half, but across the middle equator.
2: It holds Holds the Ah. seed
1: pods somehow. Scientifically, I don't know how it works,
2: You know, another thing you can do, though, and I have Mm. a little uh, cast iron pan, not a real heavy one, but just a small one. I leave it on my grill. So I saute right on the grill.
4: Oh, you know what? My tip is, if you are using charcoal, make sure you open the bottom vent and you keep it clean. So left and right. No air in there. So all the old ashes fall into the collection pan keep that clean, I've put the lid on and then walked away and then have come back to a fire that's kind uh-huh. of not, not hot yeah. Yeah. Right. I know, know what you so mean needs yeah. air from the bottom. Yeah.
1: our vegan or plant based cheese and meat taste testing is coming up and our guests from Three Girls Vegan Creamery in Guilford, Connecticut a mother daughter team are here in the studio, we have stuff all over the table, can't wait to try this also, Alex, I issued you a challenge, and I am thrilled that you met this challenge. You're in Phoenix, Arizona now, a great deal of the month. Alex knows paella. Mm-hmm. Why can't you make a southwest version of paella? If the Spanish in the countryside started out reflecting the region they're in, whether it's extra seafood or chicken, or it just occurred to me, could he do that? Mm-hmm. Okay, Alex, what happened?
4: One, it came out really good. (laughs) It was delicious. Mm -hmm. So I'll walk you through. Cooking pie, uh, the secret is the rice and the broth, right? Mm -hmm. If you can cook the rice properly and you can season it properly with a good chicken stock or vegetable stock or seafood stock, you're 90% there. The rest of it is just kind of which direction, like a pizza, are you going to take it. So – Traditionally, you cook paella in the pan. First, you start off with your meats, and then you do your sofrito, which is like the tomato, the onion, the garlic, the peppers, and it's all done in that big flat paella pan. But as of late, I've been cooking it separately at the beginning. For example, I cook my sofrito in a frying pan inside, and then Mm. I'm um, cooking my chicken, which I'm marinating, outside on the grill. What what are you marinating uh, it in? Well, that's how I made this one Southwest. So I took all the Southwest flavors that I'm learning to love, like cumin, chili powder, and ancho chili powder, and cayenne pepper, and I'm using hot Spanish paprika. They call it pimenton. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It comes in that yeah. cool can. Yeah. Now this chicken's like bright red and, and full of all that Southwest flavor. Now I grilled it a little bit outside. I I then uh, added my sofrito, which is, you can see on the recipe, it's onion, garlic, tomato, peppers. Mm -hmm. I added my hot chicken stock, my rice. This all goes into a paella pan outside on the grill. Or any kind of
1: pan you have. Mm
4: -hmm. The only caveat, Faith, is just make sure that the pan can hold enough liquid for the amount of rice you're putting in good so tip. you need so it needs coo- to be you know. about
1: three four inches deep your pan so you stir it all up the rice cooks
4: once you add the liquid don't stir it anymore wait 20 minutes and then if oh. you're going to throw on some peas or lima beans or green beans those go in the last and 20 the minutes shrimp go it, the
1: fish goes ooh, in the last sure it, so it doesn't end. overcook it made me so hungry almost like this a jambalaya saying.
4: right it's heading
1: in that direction. You know, every culture seems yeah. to have one of these. Yeah. You know, we're talking about Spain and there's yeah. one, you know, even though Argentina's meat, there's something right. that they do. Everybody's got this thing that involves rice and protein and, and spices. Yeah, exactly. And,
4: and the spice just made this thing sing. So you take a bite of rice and the chicken has all this intense flavor. Mm. And so, you know, Spanish food isn't really spicy. So this what made the Southwest was now it had a kick to it. And you could, you know, add some uh, sliced jalapenos fresh or out of a can on the top, you know, add some Tabasco. But it was delicious. Fresh limes oh, on I'm the side so and you glad. have Southwest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so
1: you'd make again. Oh, that's again. a good idea, So Chris. anybody who likes Southwest, what he's describing, what Alex province is describing is a little too hot for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be too many hot things for me. You can just switch up the peppers a little bit mm-hmm. because you know there there certainly is southwestern food that doesn't have to be mm-hmm. super hot. But if you <laughs> start to get used to it and you like it super hot, this is for you. Right. If and not, just this, switch your peppers.
4: This did not have that you know burn your mouth kind of flavor. This is that like fun spice, the kind that just smoky. sort of like vibrates mm-hmm. and smoky and flavorful mm-hmm. and rich. It wasn't like yeah. trying to awesome. win a pain competition or anything.
1: I was thinking, Alex, when you. You said chipotle peppers, didn't you? That, I did. I think even those are quite hot to me. If you don't want it hot, super hot, and mm. you took out the chipotle, what would you replace it with, Alex, that's not hot but has a beautiful...
4: Spanish paprika. paprika. You know, you okay. see that it in the beautiful good. red yeah. tins at the grocery store. Smoky. That is not hot. It's, it's just smoky, smoky. and
1: a little yeah. sweet and yeah. delicious. it's delicious. Yeah. Yummy.
4: Be careful with the cayenne pepper. That's the one that you really just need a dash of or just take it out entirely if you don't like heat. Thank you so much. Thanks for making me make it. Yeah,
1: I know, for, <laughs> for um, accepting the challenge. And I think yeah. the, it sounds wonderful what you came mm. up with. And again, that recipe that Alex created is at foodschmooze.org. And that's Southwestern style paella. Take that, Spain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> um, that's from one of your own, by the way. More mouth-watering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. And I also wanted to say that coming up, we've got this um, vegan or plant-based company here in Connecticut. that is making cheese and meat from plant-based stuff. And it, it, it's just going to be something when you hear about this. It's in Guilford, Connecticut. So stick around for that. We'll be right back.
2: To all the free-range humans and organic life-forms everywhere Hold your forks up with solidarity
0: Remember you vote with your wallets, your dollar bills, your
2: ballots
3: I'm a UFO. Hope to God that my body
1: I'm Faith Middleton. You can sign up for our free podcast. Copy of the show that arrives in your inbox wherever you want it. Every single week, and you can listen on your schedule. That's how podcasts work. Just go to foodschmooze.org, sign up once, and you are good to go. I'm with my treasured food buddies. We have Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province, who is at KJZZ, our sister public radio station in Phoenix, Arizona, and Robin Doyen Aiken is our senior producer. Before I get to our special guests and tell you about, as promised, this plant based cheese and meat, I want to tell you about something. And we all taste tested this about an hour ago. It is a red cocktail sauce. And a lot of things say all natural. What does that mean? <laughs> You know, everything is it comes natural. From planet Earth. Even, <laughs> even. You know. um, but what's very cool about this is that there is no high fructose corn syrup in this. It is gluten free. It's just fresh horseradish and lemon. There are no artificial flavors, no preservatives, and I like it. It's called Merlot's, M E R L O apostrophe S cocktail sauce. And of course, it's great on seafood, meat, and whatever you want to put it on. And it is made in Connecticut. Zingy. So we yeah, say... It's tasty. Yeah, very it's tasty. tasty. Mm-hmm. Heads up to them. Yep. And it's posted on our website, foodschmooze.org, oh, if you don't yeah. remember the thing. Yeah. This was a good setup, as far as I was concerned, for our next <laughs> guest, right? Because this is a place that is open only on Sundays at the moment in Guilford, Connecticut. Now I know why they're open only on Sundays, because it takes so much work to do what they do. They are making aged artisan cheeses from plant-based materials, so from nuts and things they'll tell us about. They call themselves Three Girls Vegan Creamery. From Three Girls in Guilford, we have Tracy Alexander, the mother, <laughs> um, Brittany Guira, and Taylor Coston, the daughters. It is Tracy who is really creating all these recipes, and can I just – the meat
2: is uh. – It's indescribable. For lunch, I had pastrami and a sausage sandwich, but there was no pastrami oh and no sausage. <laughs> if they didn't tell me, right, if they just put the sandwich down in front of me and said, have a pastrami Reuben or have a sausage you know, sandwich – and I didn't know it wasn't meat. There was no way I could have told
1: Some of these things are you try them in the supermarket and they've gotten some press and you taste them and you say, mm. Right. I want to tell you something that Dave
3: McCourt said, who was a friend of the show and also a helper here in the Gateway Kitchens. This got me. He said, if you were eating the sausage with your eyes closed, you would completely believe that you were having the experience of... A real
1: meat sausage, a real pork sausage.
2: And pepperoni that really tasted just like pepperoni. There was – and again, close your eyes and put that on a pizza.
0: Or, it, a wow. or a sandwich. Or a sandwich or in, not, in a pasta, it's whatever. It's
2: crazy. It's a crazy.
1: Yeah. I'm going to tell you about the cheese in a minute. First of so all, um, three girls, welcome to the show. Hi. I haven't said Hi. that officially. <laughs> you're the best. Okay. So, Tracy, since you're doing all these recipes and you let me just taste your vegan or plant-based, because this is for everybody who doesn't want to eat meat for whatever reason, So vegetarians, you call yourself a vegan, whatever it is. These are all non-dairy products. Tracy, how are you doing that steak, these
0: sausages, that pepperoni? What are you doing? Well, it's all born out of the fact that I love to eat. (laughs) Being a vegan. And you're Italian. And I'm Italian. And so when I became a plant-based eater, I decided that I wasn't going to eat salads the rest of my life. And so I started with the mozzarella, and I started with cheeses, and then got into the meats. But as far as the meats go, I don't use any soy. So the pastrami is beets and mushrooms.
2: That's crazy. And
0: then it's got a combination of other spices.
2: And how you put it together like like a whole pastrami (laughs) and you slice (laughs) it thin. Does it have texture to it? Yes, that's what I'm saying. And
0: really one of the things I learned in creating these recipes is that even when I was a meat eater, it was really the flavor and the texture. It was all those things that I really fell in love with. And even as an Italian, we have things called bergol that were just cooked slow and the meat just fell apart. And those were the things I loved and I missed. And so when I started putting my thinking cap on. It was those textures that I was trying to create. So part of it is science, using like a vital wheat gluten or some of the other products we use. You have to realize that those gluten strands have to be broken up. That's kind of one of the ways that you're going to play with and get textures. And then really the rest of it is just the flavors yeah, and, and the getting the spices right. Yeah. And the
2: combination of flavors, right, and, yeah. and knowing what to exactly. use because yep. you're looking for a certain yep. flavor profile. So maybe mushrooms and beets, and right, right. and then yeah. some spices, and then all and, of a sudden you got pastrami. Right, and it's
0: kind of the layer. Yeah. So even when I'm using spices, I very rarely will just take, let's say, paprika. So I make combinations okay. of spices. Wow. And, and so I use that often.
1: Alex, I have in front of me, because you're not sitting right with me, uh, this platter that they brought. I have a knife. So can you describe to me this cheese is so pretty. You know, it's round like every other cheese. It's got a beautiful cheese-like... Texture and there's some kind of berry in here. Is that a cranberry?
0: That is. Yes. Okay, I'm going to go ahead. So that's a cashew based Mm. aged cheese. And that cheese is something that is going to continue to ferment and culture as time goes by. So it's a raw cheese that actually never goes bad because it'll just continue to become more flavorful. Um, Mm. And then we encrust it in lots of. That's good. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Are you jealous, Alex? We're going to get you some. I am. So we encrust the various cheeses in different ways. So one of those it's is a cranberry, pumpkin seed, fresh thyme pistachio. The other one is a vegan maple, bacon, pecan herb, and a black peppercorn.
1: Oh, me that.
0: I have about 15 <laughs> different um, encrusted that. cheeses that I use that same kind of cheese with. We have an old-fashioned fireball. That's crazy. It's really mm. yummy. What does that but, mean? It so tastes like, like a fireball candy. Yeah, you remember when you were young and you would like have a cinnamon? fireball? It does. It yes. Does. What?
2: <laughs> I've had cheese before: <laughs> soy-based, cashew cheese. All these. Right. Yeah, they're all okay. They're all they're fine. But this mm. actually has mm-hmm. the flavor of a brie cheese. Mm-hmm. It's creamy. Mm-hmm. It's got that little tang. Right, so right right a right
0: lot right. of vegan cheeses will try to emulate the tanginess with lemon mm-hmm. or lactic acids and mm-hmm. those kind of things. What I try to do is I create a probiotic or an enzyme, and then I build from there. So it's like a so natural that's why the flavor's a little different, because we're not really real. fermenting. Isn't okay. that amazing? Alex, hey. I have to tell you something. Bacon bits. Tracy, <laughs> she
1: said to me, here, I brought this for you, and it is a container of bacon, and I open it up, and I have here, uh, Chris, is this bacon? <laughs> not or... Close your eyes, it's bacon. Yeah, do the trick. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's, it's got maple, the, And it's crunchy. It's wow. maple
0: coconut bacon it's right yeah what does this mean this is Tracy? so this is organic shredded coconut and mm. then basically we put together a recipe of special special secret. spices and then we make bacon it's how does kind of
4: coconut bacon. turn into bacon uh, it's just <laughs>
2: spices if you put right. this on a spinach salad yeah mm. and not tell anyone really just say, like it. It. i do it on mm. pea
0: soup and it's amazing
2: alex there are meatballs yeah. Were, there was oh this bowl, gosh. and in the bowl was four meatballs with tomato sauce, and they were even seared. And There's, when
0: you tasted it. And them. when I
2: tasted them, and it's like this tasted like, exactly like yeah. a meatball. Wow. We have
0: lots of customers who come in, and they're like, was that vegan? And we're because, like, <laughs> yeah. Did you it was vegan.
2: <laughs> did you feed me
1: meat? <laughs> it has to do with the seasoning and the texture. Mm-hmm. But when we say vegan... We can toss this word around, and I never quite know, even though I'm in this world and featuring vegan cookbooks, what does that mean to different
0: people? Who are you appealing to? Anybody who wants to eat a plant-based diet. So we do have vegans that visit us, but I would say 85% of the people who purchase our products are not vegan, and they're just people who, for health reasons, for all kinds of reasons, decide that they really don't want to eat dairy. Lactose or intolerant. Lactose intolerant people. Lactose. So there's lots of different health reasons people come to us. And we mm. have a bunch of gluten-free yes. things. All of our cheeses are gluten-free. This is yeah. unreal. So that original enzyme that I make that I told you about, yeah. I start with an organic quinoa. So that oh. ensures that everything's gluten-free.
1: There are people now who are... What do we call them? Flexitarians. Flexitarians. Right, yeah. right. So in this, I could probably be one of those people. So I eat meat yeah. certain times during the week, and other times during the week, I try and do much more
0: vegetable-based yeah. mm-hmm. diet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So what we really try to do is provide options so that you can have a meatball sub, you can have you know, a pastrami sub, and all the, all the comfort foods that you might want, but you still want to be plant-based, you have those options, and that's kind of what we're trying to do.
1: This thing they're doing, I have to say, has knocked me out. This is Three Girls Vegan Creamery, and they're in Guilford, Connecticut. You can, of course, look them up online, and they're open right now on Sundays, because all the other days, as you might imagine, <laughs> making all these meats and cheeses, and Tracy's Unbelievably delicious tomato sauce.
2: They do lasagna.
1: I loved it. I could not believe that I was not eating cheese in that lasagna. Mm-hmm. It was I amazing.
2: Or what about the mozzarella and carosa that you had? That's
1: I know. Right. Thank you you're, for reminding me. Yeah. So dipping in tomato sauce, and it was—it had a coating on the outside, that sort of breadcrumb coating, yeah. with the melty cheese inside, oh. the way this appetizer is when you go to Italian restaurants.
2: And would you say that wasn't mozzarella cheese, like real mozzarella cheese, when you're yeah. eating it? I know. I was dipping it into tomato sauce. Going, they made a mistake. This is the real mozzarella <laughs>
4: cheese. They—they—they they, they, they brought the wrong one. You guys are being pranked.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Is this something you can only get there on Sundays, or can you get it if you aren't able to make it to Guilford?
0: So we are sold in stores uh, from Boston to New York. We're increasing that all the time. And depending on the products that they select, so a lot of them will have the mozzarella and the aged cheese. Um, We just kind of released our meats as far as the wholesale products, so we're doing a lot of pepperoni and hot Italian sausage. So, yeah, it should be pretty widespread upcoming And really, if you come to our website, we have a store locator, or if you are interested in having it, you can call your local store and they can reach out.
1: So I think Alex is really asking, do you ship? So if he's not in Connecticut, could he still try
0: some of these things? Absolutely. So we have a whole shop on our website. So you're able to go ahead and pick various products. We don't have everything up there, but we do have a really wide selection, and we do so Chef Nationwide. You, you pick which travels well, right?
1: Yeah. I really don't advise giving people, we're, we're almost out of time here, but don't advise giving people food without letting them know what things are, because you never know, somebody's got an allergy to something. I am. But with this food, you want so much to just not tell a soul what's going on yeah. and just serve it. <laughs> right. Because and when you get to the end and say to them, oh, by the way, this is all plant-based. I made mean, I mean, pastrami be, sandwiches. I mean, so I don't recommend it, but I can see why you would suddenly want to be that person. <laughs> so, um, I thank you all so much for coming thank you. in Absolutely. and thank you. doing what you do because you. on so many levels it's so important. So, And to make something delicious because I know, Tracy, you and I sh- have in common that we, we love to eat. Okay, Tracy Alexander, Brittany Guerra, and Taylor Coston, Three Girls Vegan Creamery in Guilford, Connecticut. Coming up, we have this book that we love, Any Night Grilling. That's grilling the easy way for busy, busy people. Stay right where you are. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers to get the podcast free every week. To find all of our curated recommendations, go to foodschmooze.org, and don't go away.
4: Then McDonald's got a farm, G-M-G-M-O.
0: And on that farm, he had a chicken and the cow, but what they do now, you really don't want to know, we label it organic. When that's the way we've been growing it for 10,000.
2: I think the farm factory should label honesty to women to what they are genetically and chemically. Is there a bioengineer in the house? Is there a bioengineer? I need some help with this label. How do you say this? Calcium polyphosphate? Is this nutritional claim a fairy tale or a fable? Come come Get up, up,
3: up, up,
1: up,
0: up. If you want my, want my, want my love Get up, 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 up up. If you want my, want my love Fire
4: Fire Bless my soul, that's the way it
0: is Bless my soul, I can't resist
1: This is the Food Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York. New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, the Hamptons, of course. Senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken. And to hear this show on Connecticut Public Radio, it airs Thursdays at 3 and 9 p.m. and Saturdays at noon. You know, podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at foodschmooze.org. I like a cookbook with a title that simply says what it is. And when it says what it is, I love it when it adds ease and pleasure to our lives. So here you go. This cookbook is called Any Night Grilling. It is filled with wonderful recipes and flavor combinations that will make you hungry and excited to whip up a fast grilled meat. So Any Night Grilling is a production of a favorite food site, Food 52. The author of the book is Apollo Disbro, and you're going to hear us talk about grilled nachos as a meal, grilled vegetable salad with a brown butter vinaigrette, and grilled shrimp tacos with the fastest marinade on the planet, meaning you can do it while the grill is heating up. I love these. Many of the recipes that we discuss and information about any night grilling and Paula is at our site, foodschmooze.org. Paula, welcome to the Food Shpoo's Party with Alex Province and Chris Prosperi. Yay. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey there. Yay, back to you. I wanted to start with something that uh, will seem simple to people who are experienced grillers, but there are so many. You have to start somewhere. Agreed. You slice bread and try to grill it, and you burn it. And you think, Am I supposed to butter it before I do it? What am I supposed to do? (laughs) So, Paula, you've got a little thing in here on grilled bread a love story and you tell how to grill the bread and put stuff on it and i love this
3: first i better tell you a tiny bit of backstory which is i'm married to a bread baker (laughs) so my husband david norman is the baker at easy tiger in austin so needless to say we're a house blessed in carbs and loaves of bread and we we have a lot a lot of day old bread and uh putting a slice of bread on the grill just elevates it. You create these deep charred flavors, and, and it turns it into something else, something special. You want to grill over the radiant heat, not flames. So before you slice the bread on the grill, the coal should be glowing red and covered with, you know, a nice powdery gray ash. And then you want sturdy slices of any type of artisan bread, whether it's Lavon or Mish or your favorite peasant-style bread. And I don't put anything on it before. I just use my hands or my tongs to put it over direct heat and then give it a couple minutes, really.
1: Can I peek at it? Can I lift it up? Absolutely. Okay. Here's the other thing. You're talking as if it's just charcoal. Let's say it's gas. Do I want this on the full hot?
3: I would say medium high. Okay. You know, I heat it on high because every time you lift the lid, so much heat escapes. By the time you place the bread on the hot grates, you want the heat medium high.
1: Okay. And we're keeping the lid open on this bread. Um yes. now so you, you got it golden and then you flip it over and you do the other side. So what is this, a couple minutes per side or
3: two and a half, three minutes maximum. It's oh, okay. probably about a minute on each side. There's no perfect doneness. It's the color of char marks that appeal to you. You know, you want it lightly Mm. toasted, but obviously not black.
1: So Alex Province, who's on with us and is sitting in the Phoenix studio, has a thing that he grew up doing when he was growing up in Spain, and it's very much like what you do, Paula. So I want to emphasize that Paula slices about a half-inch a slice of bread and then puts it on the grill both sides till they're golden she puts nothing on it now you do stuff to it what do you do and Alex you're going to identify with this
3: when it comes off the grill you've created this nice sturdy crust and you know the ragged crisp edges around the bread then I take a clove of garlic slice it in half rub the cut side around the side of the bread, drag it across the middle. I typically do the edges just because they're so nice and crisp. And then mm. give it a drizzle of my very best extra virgin olive oil and then top it with a sprinkling of flaky salt.
4: That's breakfast for me. <laughs> so
1: yeah. so Alex, in Spain... The only difference here is that you would do one additional thing, and I think, Paula, you make reference to it.
4: I take a tomato cut in half, and then I, just like you did with the garlic, I rub the tomato all over, and all I'm left with is the peel of the tomato. And then I do the olive oil and the sea salt on top.
3: That's Catalan, right?
4: The Catalans uh, take credit for it, but it's all over Spain.
3: (laughs) I love that as well. And then your bread is like this beautiful rosy hue. Don't skip on the olive oil and... It's the kind of toast that elevates any meal, or it makes a meal. Paired with cheese mm. and whatever you're pulling out—olives and radishes.
4: It sounds crazy, but if you have that for breakfast with a good cup of coffee, the garlic and wow. the coffee is just like hums in your mouth. It's so good.
3: Totally trying that. Alex. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. So, and then Chris, this is one that you're going to want to try from Paula on our site: grilled vegetable salad with brown butter vinaigrette. Well, brown butter is just so fantastic. Uh, And now you're putting it into a vinaigrette, and I was swooning over this recipe.
3: You know, browning the butter until it turns the color of uh, hazelnut skin creates this rich, nutty aroma that adds much more depth and flavor than regular melted butter.
1: And do you do that in the house?
3: If you have a nice, sturdy skillet, like a heavy stainless steel skillet, you certainly could do it on the grill but it's something I tend to do while my charcoal chimney is firing up just so it's done and set off to the side.
1: And then you've got sherry vinegar, minced shallots, minced garlic, Dijon mustard, extra virgin olive oil, and some salt and pepper. And that gets all mixed up together. And you've got a brown butter vinaigrette, which makes my Mm. mouth water just Mm. (laughs) saying that.
3: It's wonderful. I love how the vinegar provides this acid that sort of balances the rich butter. But the butter is the base for this vinaigrette. So there's a lot more body. You know, you think of grilled vegetables and a vinaigrette it's a light bright dish and and this is certainly a fresh mm-hmm. dish but just that layer of brown butter in the dressing really does transform it into a meal.
1: Yeah, so so you cut up a head of cauliflower into the large florets yes. and you've got some baby carrots that you cut into bite-sized pieces, radishes you slice and then olive oil, Fun combination. salt and pepper, a little bit of arugula and some mint and then once these vegetables they're you know dark brown and have got great grill marks right Paula, those come off the grill and you just we mix all this together.
3: Yes. One of the important things is I approach almost every recipe in the book, Faith, with a two-zone fire. I bank the coals to one side of the grill, creating direct heat, you know, immediately above. And on the other side, there aren't any coals. And Mm -hmm. so that's your indirect zone, and it's your safety net for anything you're cooking. So when you're placing those nice, meaty cauliflower florets cut side down over direct heat with your other vegetables... And when you see the grill marks that you like, you can flip them. If they're darkening too quickly, before they're getting a chance for the interior of the vegetable to cook, just slide it on over to the indirect side. And that's when you can use your tongs or a paring knife to check doneness and get that perfect al dente texture.
1: Can I just jump in and say right here, as an encouragement, if you start hearing anybody all of us included talking about the super hot spots on a grill and the, this these are high and these are low and the whole thing sounds like oh my, i'm gonna ruin things paula really presents this holding your hand it is simple there's a very hot part of your grill and there's a less hot part even sometimes just warm and so to sear things, you go in the super hot part and cook them faster. And then you start moving them over so they don't burn. Every once in a while, I will go into a restaurant. And I probably do it once a year. And I order that big mess mm. of nachos with all the <laughs> stuff. And, we love uh, that. And I think it is yeah. the most fun. I wish I could do it all the time. But so here. go
3: down hard once in a while. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so here's a recipe in your book called Any Night Grilling for grilled corn nachos, and this can be a meal. And it doesn't have so much junk that you would feel terribly guilty, yet it's got a richness to it and good stuff where you think, oh, yes, I get to eat this. So tell us about this, Paula.
3: It's fun, Faith. I'm raising my young kids in Austin, Texas, and they're both little native Texans. And that sort of delicious food is all around us. And as a parent, I just feel like once in a while you gotta say yes to nachos for dinner. <laughs> because <laughs> it's fun and everyone loves them mm-hmm. and it feels like a little bit of a party. And so this tends to be like a Sunday night dinner for us. What I do to sort of feel less guilty about a mountain of chips and cheese is I char years of fresh corn on the grill just until they get uh, blackened char marks in places, and the corn starts to release its juice. And then I also um, char some cherry tomatoes. I take the corn off the cob and toss it with a little lime juice, salt and pepper, and get the tomatoes in there. It lightens and brightens the dish. There's fresh cilantro and uh, some good, I believe there's some cotija and some Mexican melting cheese or jack cheese. They always disappear quickly, served alongside your favorite salsa and it's just it's a very festive meal so
1: in Mm. um certain mexican restaurants Mm -hmm. i know where alex is and where i am because there's a very good mexican section in my supermarket Mm -hmm. there's this thing called crema and and so you can use sour cream if you don't have it in your market Mm -hmm. and you drizzle it over the top of this thing but but what what is crema
3: crema is a Mexican sour cream, but it has a pouring consistency. So it has this wonderful, rich, thick body and a slightly tangy flavor. And uh, it's pretty killer to finish these nachos a few dollops or a nice drizzle across the top. We all go to pickled um, jalapenos are kind of the staple, but it's fun to mix those slices up with pickled banana peppers as well. Oh, yeah. and They just have their own brightness that just elevates the dish. It's still so satisfying, but it's just brighter and feels lighter with these vegetables, herbs, and uh, pickled yeah. vegetables. Are
1: those I, banana peppers those vinegary mm, ones yeah. I love?
2: I always oh. keep them in my jar from yeah. my fridge yeah. <laughs> right yeah. next to the I pickled them, jalapenos. Love them, love
1: them. <laughs> okay. addictive. Let me go to another <laughs> recipe we have on the site that we thought was so much fun. We're all yeah. huge taco fans on the show oh,
2: we had these uh, for lunch
1: <laughs> yeah your shrimp tacos what i was saying about this at the beginning of the show was that this is like the fastest marinade around you can put it in there for hours if you want but it, you could do it in the time that the grill
2: is heating up It took up. me two seconds to make it once i had the ingredients out of the refrigerator
3: you know amanda hesser from food 52 is an old friend of mine and when she first came to me with this book you know i think she saw me as sort of a problem solver you know being a working mom with kids and a competent cook, but someone who would go on this journey as a cookbook author, understand how to pull together recipes that are tasty and fast. And so for these shrimp tacos, it doesn't take a lot of extra flavors when you have, you know, great Gulf shrimp, and you have that delicious charcoal flavor of the fire. So yeah, you have the chipotle peppers and lime juice and Quick dance over the heat and they're ready to go.
2: Oh, it was delicious. Delicious and the slaw just brought it all together with the cabbage, right?
1: And you can do whatever kind of tacos you need to do. If you prefer corn for whatever reason you can, yeah, you corn. could do them you could do the flour ones, yep. right? And
2: then you put that on the grill too, right? Just mm-hmm. slap them on the grill for a minute on each side till they get nice and toasty right. and yeah.
3: off yeah. you go. Till they puff and bubble just yeah. a
1: little bit. Here was one that I was so surprised by We haven't done this yet, but we love the sound of this. Porchetta style pork kebabs with white beans. I am nuts about porchetta. It's a certain spice flavor on pork, is really what it is. It sounds so fancy, but it's really Uh not. So tell me about how this works.
3: Well, I spent a little time cooking in Tuscany at an agriturismo. And as you probably know, there, porchetta is sold from roadside trucks and in markets. And, you know, it's this delicious, Low roasted pork flavored with garlic and rosemary and uh, maybe some lemon zest, black pepper. So, of course, for any night grilling, I wanted those flavors in a much faster method, a faster package. What I do is uh, slice pork tenderloin into nice one and a half, two inch pieces and thread them onto a sturdy rosemary branch. Rosemary flourishes in Texas. People say it's bulletproof here because it just grows wild everywhere. Um, but you don't what? want a little sprig. You want a heartier sprig that can hold the meat. Like
2: we, a branch. What should we do? You can buy them here in Connecticut, right, In stop and shop in the summer. They sell them already cleaned and ready to go as skewers.
4: Yeah. Yeah. They do? Yeah, a little, in a package of, I think, five or six. You know, okay. if, really Faith, bad. I'm wondering if you could take wooden ones and just sort of infuse the rosemary flavor into it.
3: That's a very cool idea. But I know that the rosemary leaves that you're pulling off the stem and chopping with garlic and marinating the meat with for a brief time, that really the rosemary stem does add another layer of flavor, but you're getting so much already that there wouldn't be a lot lost.
1: Except yeah, that it's
3: very pretty, of course.
1: So, if, so yes. If you, Maybe that one could be the rosemary sticks could be for a weekend if you have some time. Your supermarket yeah. doesn't have it. You could yeah. use little wooden skewers or whatever because Paula is saying there's rosemary in the marinade for this. So you've got, let's say, a charcoal grill going or a gas grill. And you've cut these uh, pork pieces they're in the bowl and they're in this uh, chopped rosemary and the thyme and garlic Mm -hmm. salt and pepper and they're just sitting in there while you're preparing the grill it's not really that long so this was great paula to put this together so fast
3: and porchetta is a uh, what 12 hour eight hour process but i think what you'll find when you're cooking over the intense heat of a grill whether it's direct or indirect you get those wonderful charcoal, and if you're adding a little wood to the fire, you get those flavors. They create so many layers of intrigue on their own that you don't need a lengthy marinade. A quick toss in olive oil, salt and pepper, and a scattering of herbs, I would do that first when I walked in at 5 o'clock, and then I'd like to charcoal chimney in 30 minutes when I'm ready to uh, dump the coals and Pull the fire together, then you can skewer the meat, and there will be plenty of flavor.
1: I want to call your attention to a couple of things that are in the book that we didn't have time for, and oh, I wish that we did. There's one recipe for a favorite grilling cheese of mine, and I in the winter I do it in a cast iron skillet. Yeah. And in the warmer weather, I'm out on the grill, just like Paula, cooking this Greek cheese called halloumi. And it is a very sturdy and semi-salty cheese that is beautiful on the grill because it really Crispy. is so firm and it crisps up. And, Paula, you have it here with blood oranges, green olives, and pistachios. That sounds a, crazy good. Once you
3: good. fall in love with halloumi, right, you realize that it's such an underutilized cheese for most of us because it holds up so beautifully under intense heat, and it's a fun process to watch because I typically do it on a vegetable grate just for a little precaution so it doesn't fall through the grates, but you could put it directly on the grill. But it's fun to watch the outside sizzle and toast and develop this crispy exterior and grill marks, And the inside just starts to yield a little bit and bubble and soften. But it holds together, and it's very easy to flip.
1: Mm -hmm. It, It is really good. And a good slice of it is you really your essential protein because it's not as expensive as a fine French cheese. But, there are, you know, some of the, the Greek import stuff is a little bit higher priced. Well worth it. So time. it could be $9, right? But um, you're slicing it up and putting those slabs on the grill or the grate that Paul is talking about. Thank you so much for doing a book like this because I'm your person. I don't want to go through a lot of fuss on a weeknight, and um, sometimes that's true on a weekend too, so I really appreciate this You want the fun
3: of grilling. I mean, that's the other part. It's just a blast to be out there and connect with the evening and have all the sensory experience of the smell and the sound of the fire and the sizzle of whatever you're cooking up for your family and friends
1: exactly paula disborough chosen by food 52 to create this cookbook called any night grilling many of the recipes we're featuring and book information is posted at our site foodschmooze.org paula thank you
3: enjoyed
1: it. Thanks, everyone. Okay, take care. Okay, say hi to Amanda for me. We are on Connecticut Public Radio Thursdays at 3 and 9 p.m. and Saturdays at noon and weekdays. I hope you'll listen for my 60-second food schmoozes. Never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton.